welcome to This is Spinal Lap, a podcast on the thrilling world of motorsports, presented by your pedestrian host, Greg Mefford, only on the Ignotainment Media Network. Now, the most fantastically ordinary guy in broadcasting, Greg Mefford. Hello and uh, welcome to episode 7 of This is Spinal Lap. Uh, apologies for not being timely in getting out to uh, the listeners. Um, run into some some um, life has gotten in the way of doing some podcasting, and so uh, I apologize to that. I know that our guest uh, or our panelist uh, Gannon Diggs has been chomping at the bit to to get back at it, and I've just not been able to accommodate that. So before we get rolling with that, obviously the subject today is going to be NASCAR. Uh, before we get rolling with that, I just want to say that um, continue to uh, download and listen uh, and like. Uh, go to our Facebook page at uh, This Is Spinal Lap. F- feel free to tweet us at, at Spinal Lap. Uh, and uh, go to uh, our, our website at www.spinalapp.com. Leave comments, suggestions. I know we're going to try to, uh, in today's episode, you know, bring on perhaps some, some interactivity uh, in, in the show itself. Um, but uh, again, I appreciate it and apologize for not getting at it. Well, today we're going to mix it up a little bit and kind of talk in, in more generalities uh, about NASCAR itself. Um, Gannon and I offline had been talking about some subjects that we brought up in previous podcasts that we're talking a little bit about historical perspectives on NASCAR, where it is today and where it's going. And, and I think we both have um, some interesting points of view on that. And so um, with that in mind, uh, and actually under the leadership of Gannon, uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of go that way with today's show. So first off, Gannon, how you doing? Welcome back. Good. How are you? And uh, I, I, I know offline you'd said to me that you're already ramping up uh, and getting ready for uh, the, the Kentucky Derby today, which 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 uh, you you are broadcasting from the home state from today. Correct? That is correct. I just mixed my first drink, and I am I'm cross referencing. I'm looking at the horses, and I'm also looking at the final practice times of uh, Talladega. So well, I'm, all over the, I'm all over the board. That, well, it's all about racing today. That's what exactly it is, right? right. Exactly. That's exactly right. Now, now, here's the key question, and and we'll lay off the horse racing after this. Well, I maybe have two questions on it. Do, right. do, do, do you have a bet in at this point, or are you waiting until a little bit later to go put no, one? No, not yet. No. I have- I have a buddy that usually will give me the nod or give me a little little he'll handicap me there right right maybe about an hour before the post. Really? Okay. And uh and do you go down to did you go to I guess it'd be Keeneland to lay it down or is there an OTB nearby or something? No, I'm gonna go to Keeneland. Okay. Got it. Yep. Are you gonna watch at Keeneland or are you going yeah, to Yeah, okay. it's kinda cool. They have it up on the screens and on the big screen there on the home stretch. So it's it's nice. a pretty Pretty neat. If you can't actually be in Louisville, if yeah. you're going to watch it in Lexington, Keeneland's the place. Nice. And um, how, how's, how's your track record in terms of, uh, of, of, of your betting slips? Terrible. Okay. So your yep. buddy's not that good is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. But I still have faith in him. All right. Him. All right. Well, exactly. You got to keep <laughs> the faith. Say, right? I'm, the, I'm the jinx. Yeah. I'm the jinx. Well, you got to be like Dick Trickle. You know, you got to hope that at some point you're going to win something, right? <laughs> All right. I worked it in. I worked Dick Trickle in already into the broadcast podcast. How about it? There's a horse named Dick Trickle. <laughs> there was, I think. I think you're right about that. I remember seeing somebody do something like that. So anyway, yeah. which is a good way to segue into one of the things that that I know that, that you piqued your interest in, and I think it's a great idea is to start talking about, you know, the evolution of NASCAR and how, how it got to kind of the, 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 the massive industry that <clears throat> it's become in the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to roll out the red carpet and kind of, kind of let you, kind of, kind of, kind of take us through, 
you know, because what you said offline, which I think was was well well um, articulated, is um, it, you in one of our previous podcasts kind of got prompted to kind of look into some things a little bit more. And yeah. so I'm just going to roll it out there and, and, and let you take the lead on, on some of your thoughts on, on how it's, how it's evolved to what it is today. Right. Yes. I, um, well, again, we were talking offline and, and, you know, in a previous podcast, I had made the comment that I don't know if NASCAR will ever, ever make it mainstream, which, I misspoke because it is mainstream, but what I meant was um, when will NASCAR or do we ever think NASCAR will get to a point to where if you were to just grab John Q. Public off off the street and say, hey, what are the what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about NASCAR? And and that answer not being, uh, you know, your stereotypical redneck comment. Um, that's kind of what I meant. So. Two things started from that was one is when did when did NASCAR evolve? When did it really become more of a household name? When did more and more people start watching it? Uh, and then also, you know, let's dis- dispel dispel. Is that the right word? Yeah, it works that. for me. And, uh, um, the myths about NASCAR fans, like what what is what is what's the demographic of a NASCAR fan compared to uh, what? I thought, and what a lot of people think of uh, of a traditional NASCAR fan. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, did a couple little uh, 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 surveys. I guess before I get into the, the quick little survey that I took, uh, in your opinion, I mean, what do you think? I, I was looking at, I was trying to think when I got into NASCAR, what year it was, and then how how long I've been a fan. And then I also talked to a good friend of mine who's who is uh, Kurt Blosser out there who's a who's a diehard fan as well, and we talked about it. And, and he and I came to the conclusion, or our opinion, that that NASCAR kind of peaked, uh, and and like the the late nineties, like ninety nine, ninety seven to ninety nine. I'd agree with that. Uh, uh, and that, and we talked about this before. I think that uh, the death of Dale Earnhardt kind of drew the attention to maybe some some viewers that never. They knew Dale Earnhardt, they knew the name, and then they realized the sport lost like it's Michael Jordan for the NBA. And I think that probably helped um, draw some audience in. Yeah. But then we feel like, and this is where I was going to talk to you about it, um, it, it lasted about 10 years, and now we feel like it's kind of peaked. And I don't, I don't know what your take on it. Well, I, I, you know, the first question you asked, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I was um, and, 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 and am an unabashed open-wheel guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In the '90s, I was kind of a I wasn't real big on NASCAR per se. Um, I had I would watch the Daytona 500. I would watch you know some racing. Um, the turning point for me in starting to probably become emotionally engaged and in, in paying more attention to it and watching more than the occasional big race that would be on television was mm-hmm. honestly Jeff Gordon. I kind I kind of follow the Jeff Gordon thing. I happen to. Because I am a long-standing um, Indy 500 fan, I went to the inaugural Brickyard for the sake of just the history piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, Gordon won. And so the whole story behind that kind of got me emotionally engaged in Jeff Gordon. And then, of course, I think he went on uh, the following year and won the championship. And then he ran off sort of what Jimmy Johnson is now sort of doing, you know, for a period of time there where he was the guy. And then you get engaged in, in the thing about Earnhardt and Gordon and the changing of the guard. And, and Gordon, 
in my mind, was the first, and he was really the first young guy to come in, make impact, and become a star. You know, in his twenties. Um, yeah. Now there's a lot of them, but right. back then there wasn't. You know, and I, and I and I remember guys making references to that, and so you had this distinct sort of um, Earnhardt you know subset old school because you still had waltrip and you still had uh rusty wallace, rusty wallace and yeah. all these guys still driving uh, yeah, and our boy dick trickle mm-hmm. and um and then you had this this young kid with you know a porn mustache named jeff gordon <laughs> who, yeah. who also didn't quite have he had the midwestern draw you know he didn't have the whole southern thing he didn't cut his teeth on although he did he drove dirt tracks but he did them in both indiana you know in 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 pittsburgh and then out in california and so it was a whole different thing and and that got me going and and got me answered plus gordon was going to be an indycar driver and i think that's also the defining moment and i'm i'm taking up a lot of time and to answer your question but that's sort of the defining moment where nascar started to take off because as i've read many a time he he was coming up through the ranks to be an open wheel driver and they put him in an Indy Light, which is essentially the Nationwide Series. And mm-hmm. the guy said, boy, you look good in the car. I'd like you to do it. How much budget can you bring? And he said, from that moment on, I became you know, a NASCAR driver because yeah. people were willing to pay me to drive the NASCAR car. I didn't have to go out and hustle and bring money to the program. Mm-hmm. And, and off he went. And then you know, the rest is, is history. And, and as a side note, he's the pace car driver for the Indy 500 this year, which I think is very fitting in his last year. You know? Yeah. Um, and celebrating the fact that he's won at the Speedway four times um, uh, in a NASCAR, not in an IndyCar, you know, which is just a change of fate. So mm-hmm. it's a long-winded answer to your question, but no, that's good. You know, yeah. and then and then I think NASCAR, you know, got really interesting in the late '90s, um, as and has, and in between 2000 and say 2005, 2006, really interesting with this whole group of young drivers. You know, Gordon was mentoring Johnson. Um, you had. You know the Kane, Casey Kane's of the world. Come on, the the the, the Bush uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, third generation mirrors coming into this sort of thing. You know, yeah, exactly. Bush brothers, um, and and it got competitive industry. And I think NASCAR uh, evolved the whole point system in the right way and played that card really nicely. So yeah, no, I agree. You know, do you think do you think we've do you think we've plateaued? Yes, I do. I do too, and it's not a bad place to plateau. I mean, like you said, isn't it the second most? Yes, like watched. I don't know if that. I, I think it's a single. You know, I can't remember what the stat was, but I remember a few years ago because it always used to piss me off um, profusely. You know, um, again, not to make this an open wheel discussion, but when IndyCar decided to split into two series, which was the dumbest thing in the history of sports ever happened, and NASCAR started to take off in the nineties. Um, you know, the Indy 500 used to draw a television audience about two or three times the size of the Daytona 500. And mm-hmm. that's not the case. It's the reverse now, actually. Yeah. And, yeah. and so um, out of that, um, as I used to read the Autosport magazines, they talk about, you know, the NASCAR ratings. And typically, uh, NASCAR draws on a television audience on a, on a given Sunday. And certainly in the mid-2000s, it was definitely doing this. The only thing that would draw more viewers in a single-day event would be an NFL football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else, you know, it, it, you know, it, it draws six or seven times a national bat, you know, baseball. You know, like now, granted, we have baseball every night, so you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But if the game of the week Sunday night on on ESPN, for example, comparatively to the NASCAR um, television rating, the NASCAR will draw four or five times more television viewers than that MLB game. And mm-hmm. I know it blows like NBA and, and you know and NHL out of the water. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when you look at it collectively over 32 weekends, um, you know, that's a lot of eyeballs on a screen, which yeah. is why Fox pays so much. Well, they divide it now between three networks. They pay so much money for those rights because it's, you know. I know. Yeah. Again, that kind of goes back to it's it's who is your NASCAR fan? And obviously it's not just some country bumpkin sitting in his double wide in, in, in Mississippi or they wouldn't have the ratings that they do. You know, they wouldn't have the following that they do. But I, I swear, though, if and, and maybe you disagree or agree, but if you were to pull someone off the street and be like, what do you think of and you think of NASCAR? They're going to give you these, the same stereotypical podunk response, you know. And and that's where I kind of think uh, that's what got got me working it. I really want to dive into this. It's not like I fucking spent three hours a day every day <laughs> researching this. I just did a couple Google searches. You, but didn't go, you didn't go over to the University of Kentucky library and and, <laughs> and, and do a deep dive. I did. I told all the co-eds there I was a <laughs> philosopher. You, 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 uh, had, you started an internship program over there. There you go. Okay, yeah. 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 So this is what I've come up with. And then, well, first off, let's, let's just do this. Yeah. If you were to, and I know we talked about this offline, for our three listeners, two of them being both of our mothers, <laughs> um, take a quick second, and, and I'm going to ask a question, and then we'll do like a three, four-second pause. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of NASCAR? And there's a pause, and hopefully, like I said, our, our, our listeners got a chance to to think of some answers. Hopefully they can process their brain cells. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, so well, you want me to answer that question? Yeah, you go ahead. You answer as a fan, but uh, go ahead. Well, and, 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 okay. So, so I, gut reaction, um, is, is my vision of a NASCAR fan uh-huh. is a guy driving a pickup truck with a three in the corner backside of the window with a gun rack. Oh shit. I uh, had at the gun rack, you know, um, now, that being said, I'm also going to footnote it because I've, I've, I've not done nearly the research that you have recently, but I know uh, in looking at the economics of it, and this comes from my brother having participated in the motorsport world of raising funds to do so, the, the demographic of the fan is, is vastly different than what that perception is. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of what I'd call sort of closet, uh, you know, it's like the person that drank Zima didn't admit to it, but there's a lot of people drinking it back in the day. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of closet NASCAR fans like who who pay attention to it and know uh-huh. enough about it or did. And I think that's evolving, which is part of this discussion, I think. Yep. I, it, I tell people when 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 people get in a conversation with me about like fuck, I don't know, NBA basketball, which I'd rather watch pigs do the deed than than NBA basketball. And I'll be like, I don't watch NBA and they're like, well, what do you watch? I'm like, well, I'm a closet NASCAR fan. And that's exactly yeah. like, I don't think I, yes, I'm in, live in Kentucky. I may have the draw, but I don't think I fit that stereotypical right. uh, NASCAR fan. When I tell people that a lot of times they're surprised. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, and I have the same reaction too. Uh, all the way across the board. I think the only time you don't get that sort of stink on you Mm-hmm. Or a weird look is when you talk about Formula One, because True. people are like, "Oh, yeah, that's really Ooh, sophisticated. Yeah, Ooh, that's Ferrari. Ooh." At the end of yeah. day, it's all racing. It's all the same stuff, and it's an incredible <laughs> thing to to go and witness. But but you're right. There's no question when people go, you know, um, what 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 I hate, it kills me. Again, as sort of a, a, a grassroots indie car guy, is trying to explain to people like when they go, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a." What do you you know? What are your passions? And I'll say motor racing. Well, you know, indie car in particular. They're like, oh, is that like Jeff Gordon? And I'm like, no, that's NASCAR. You know, I mean, and I got to explain yeah. that, you know. Yeah. 
Um, and but then there's that whole like you know people do give you that weird look, especially you know like you like NASCAR, you know you yeah like, yeah I like racing, yeah. I like dirt track right. I want to go down to Peavley and watch the World Outlaws in a week, you know yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. they're like, well, look, smile, look, you got all your teeth. How the hell can you like NASCAR? There's, <laughs> there's your tattoo with number three like some wings on it. You know, <laughs> it's like no, no, I'm 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 a a closet fan. Like I said, because it's almost like we're afraid to be associated with yeah. <laughs> you know. Billy Bob. Yeah. Um, so well, and, and to that end, too. Sorry to interrupt, Gannon, but but I think that's why you know Danica Patrick, uh, some of these younger guys. I think that's why there's such a push in NASCAR to bring you know um, a younger generation, um, not younger, but younger and less uh, old school NASCAR yep. image. Yes. to it to try to evolve that. I mean, you know, they now do that award show in Vegas, right? And they used to do the award show in New York. And and I think a turning point, and I remember someone writing about this, is that the New York Times never used to cover NASCAR until like 19, right around the time of the Earnhardt thing, even a little bit before. But then thereafter, the you know, the New York Times will write a small little article every weekend on the game, on the uh, game, on the on the race. And they wouldn't pay attention to it in the 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's sort of like, a, you know, a, a bulletin board point to say, okay, this is where it's become part of at least the national consciousness. And there's a, if the New York Times is writing about it, there are a shit ton of, yeah. and that's an appropriate NASCAR term, a shit ton of closet NASCAR fans, if that's yeah. happening. That's so, true. You know? That's true. And a lot of money behind it as well, too. Absolutely. Um, all right, so... <clears throat> What do you want me to go, go into first, my survey or the actual the, the research that I found as far as the demographic of a NASCAR fan? Well, let's go in that demo. Let's, let's do the research thing because I think that might bleed into then, then comparatively to how you did your survey, too, in terms okay. of you know, how okay. it works out. So, so uh, demographics of a, um, of a NASCAR fan, we've got 60% are male, 40% are female. We've talked about the four as far as the, 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 the female audience. Yeah. Um, and, and there are a lot of statistics. I just kind of pinpoint a couple that, that stuck out to me that I thought were interesting. Um, 60% have a college education or some college education. So that could be vocational, but that, I thought that was, that no, was, but that's surprising. Yep. Yeah. Um, 24% are black, actually 24.5% are black. That's really interesting. I know. I know. Right. Do you, um, do you have a Hispanic number? Uh, Hispanic number is, hold on, it is 3.6, actually in 2012, 8.6 with a 140% growth jump, yes. Wow. Yeah, actually wow. jumped higher than, than, than the African American black. It was uh, wow. 4.9 to wow. 9.1 to, yeah, it's just a long shift here. So yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> 35, actually 38% are from the South. Um, obviously 20% Northwest, 24% Midwest. I'm sorry, 20% Northeast, 24% Northwest, Midwest, and 19% West, which I would think that that, that number in the West may be a little skewed because of how many races they do out West now. Um, here's one that I thought was interesting. 60% are married, um, which I think, um, maybe kind of speaks for the fans. I don't know. I think your, your divorce rate, married, single, maybe have a little, little bit of, of weight on that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see here. I had one more. Did it say whether they're married to cousins or That's or here, uh, 60% okay. 60% are married and out of that 60%, 90% are married to a family member of either <laughs> second or third level. <laughs> Okay, well, all right, we need to, I mean, we just at least need to play the stereotype up, so that's perfect. Exactly. Okay. Well, exactly. Well, well played. Okay. Yeah. The age group, um, the highest age group was, and this didn't surprise me, was like 25 to 34. Yeah. 25 to 34 year old is the, there's about 30%, uh, 30% of the fans are that age group. Huh. Um, uh, occupation 27% are, are professionals and or managers. Uh, and then it goes down to like, 10% is unskilled laborer. So that, that kind of shows that, you know, you maybe would think that's the flip flop that you would have your, your blue collar guy that, that was the bigger fan. So, yeah. uh, and this is just one, this is just one place. I pulled it from about four different websites. So I'm uh, really surprised to your point about that West coast number, because as many yeah. races as they run out there, I know, um, you know, cause you kind of count Vegas as that. And then you got, you got the two mm-hmm. in California. Well, hell, they run it uh, at at whatever the hell they call it now, California Speedway or Fontana twice, Fontana. right? Yeah, Phoenix, uh, and then yeah. I mean, you would think it's actually surprising that the Midwest number is higher than yeah. than the West Coast number. Now, granted, you know you have Indy, Kansas City, uh, Chicago, <clears throat> uh, and that's it. I think in the middle, technically, and what I think what would be defined as the Midwest. Um, that's amazing. I, I know that here in St. Louis, for a long time, the NASCAR television ratings were through the roof on a comparative basis when we don't have a cup race and only have had at best a nationwide back in the day. Um, the numbers were, were really high um, mm-hmm. to the point that the, the local St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, runs like a whole auto racing section on their digital edition, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which is surprising. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's interesting. Um Here's one more, too, and this last one, then I'll go into the surveys because it's a little bit funnier. Um, average, average income of a NASCAR fan is 68000 a little over $68,000. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was, again, uh, dispels the myth of, of who you're thinking is sitting in front of their, their yeah. TV that they got at uh, Aaron's on a, on a weekly payment <laughs> basis. <laughs> They got they got more wrapped up in their TV than they do in the house. <laughs> Making weekly payments on it. No offense to anyone. <laughs> well, that's why Aaron's a sponsor, and so um, you know, that's a, you know, created the lucky dog for them. Um, exactly. The the um, no, but 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 I mean, what that all lays out is exactly why there's so much money in the sport from um, a uh, advertising slash sponsorship you know basis. The reason mm-hmm. that Procter and Coke. And yeah. Pepsi and and a lot of the consumer goods brand M and M's and and Kellogg's and and uh, and so forth are, are very much involved in that sport because it's it's got a, a a much wider berth of of television fans is really what it boils down to you know and here here would be the really interesting stat and you might have this um, you and I both attend a lot of the races it'd be curious to see the live fan. Uh, demographic breakdown, just like we you just sort of gave versus the television fan, right? Because a lot right. of the closeted people aren't necessarily going to a race. Now they may have gone to one, to and to one of the earlier them. conversations yeah. that we had yeah. that got them in. Yeah, but but they're not they're not traveling. You know, they're definitely not doing four or five races. If there's right. one that happens to be in the hometown that they're at, or if they're working for 
you know, Kellogg's or whatever, and they get invited to go they to you know, whatever to race, go. you know, so, um, sucks them in. So it'd be curious because, you know, when you, when, when you do go to the races, and I'm not saying that, you know, everything drops down a level from what you just spoke about, you know, mm-hmm. the one thing you don't see a ton of, um, and, and I'm making no judgment on this at all, would be whatever that number was, you know, 20% of, of or 13 or 14% would be African-American in the, in the grandstands. Yeah, 24%. There you go. It's so, definitely not 24% at the live event. You know? Right, and, and I will say this. <clears throat> well, I've been to, to, to Talladega, uh, which is Alabama, obviously. Um, yeah, I've well, been to Bristol. Yeah. Um, it, it's not that I'm looking for... Um, a, a diverse crowd or, or you know where's it where's the you know ethnic fan but yeah um you don't see it a lot of it there i will say though i notice when i go to daytona you do have a little bit more of a uh blend of, of a diverse crowd and i think that's probably because it is like the the super bowl of of nascar yeah, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna bring in a lot of your non your, your tradition non-traditional fans no absolutely well it's an event i mean it, it's like the right. derby it's like the 500 it's like um the super bowl it is in a single day sort of event that that's unique in and of itself I, i've been to to your point you know all the races that i've attended from a nascar perspective i've not done a deep south race um but i've done uh, obviously uh the brickyard a couple of times um mm-hmm. and i've done vegas uh, mm-hmm. for nationwide i wasn't there for a cup race i was there the uh, well i went to the saturday uh, race um where else have I been? And and I didn't notice it then. But then the last time that I was in Vegas to watch a race was probably in, in the mid-2000s. My guess is is that what you would see statistically is a bigger skew. You might flip-flop the African-American live attendance number with the Hispanic number. I'm guessing that live attendance, the Hispanic number, comes up more than, than what was indicated on the TV um, uh, you know, attending live than others, but it right. definitely doesn't fall in. And I also think all those demographics would be really interesting to 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 look at. You know, um, yeah. yeah. Now the bigger numbers are TV without question. When you have yeah. five million or six million eyeballs, um, like for the Daytona five hundred or eight million or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that's you know that's that's you know ten, twelve, twenty times more than what are in the grandstands. So yeah, for sure. You know, so um, so your survey, my survey, yeah. and I did I did one, two, three, four. four one, four males and five, six females. So, um, same question. Um, what is the first thing I just sent a, a text out to a few selected privileged friends of mine? Uh-huh. Um, what, what's the first were, were, thing? Were they paid for their consideration? They were not. I told them any parting as, gifts or anything like that. I sent them a selfie. Okay. As soon, I said, as soon as I get greased, they'll get greased. But right now, this is all, this is all pro. You didn't promise that this is Spinal Tap T-shirt that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so for the males, what's the first thing that, that, that you think of when you think of NASCAR? Uh, contestant number one here. It's like Chuck Woolery over here. Uh, <laughs> drunk girls in bikinis. Wonder bread. Uh, redneck hairy backs. I was like, okay. And then this guy was a friend. Uh, or a fan. Sorry, friend and fan. Rex, big team domination, corporate sponsorship, pricing the casual fan out of its popularity, or uh, ca- pricing casual fan when it set, when it went, when it got popular. Huh. So that was like that was an interesting answer. I was like, okay, yeah. Rex, big team domination. You and I talked about how it's the same ten, yeah. fifteen drivers that win. Yeah, corporate sponsorships. We talked about that, and then pricing the casual fan out of the game when it became popular. So yeah. thought that was a good one. Uh, and then I had one buddy that just sent back Wonder Bread, and I was like, oh, that's funny. You know, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Um, for the females, uh-huh. 
Bud Heavy and America. Uh, good old boys, rednecks, loud noises, fast cars. Uh, this is my sister, Bushlight, Daytona, Earnhardt, and my dad, and because my, my dad was a big fan. Yeah. Uh, Jorts, son, which I had several. Uh, I said several, a couple, three, four people that said cut off jean shorts. And I was like, okay. Jorts, sunburns, Dale Earnhardt, Bushlight, bro tanks, and mullets. Uh, white male, mullets, jorts. Budweiser, Mountain Dew, American flag bandanas. <laughs> so all those answers, if you mix them all together, they're they're basically plop out your your yeah again your stereotype your stereotype yeah no yeah. agreed agreed yeah. and, except uh, for the one who obviously follows it a lot who who exactly who, who, who delved right into yep what 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 I think is is exactly that no you're right I mean it's. It's it is. I mean, and I, and I'll play that game too, depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm making fun of it, you know, um, you know, it 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 is, uh, it is. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how it sheds it. I don't know that if it should, because in some ways it is kind of you know part of it. Um, exactly. And it, I think that's sort of maybe the mystique of why there's closeted people there who yep. who want to bring out the 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 rebel Hoosier in them. Without necessarily having to go that far, I love it. Did you just say a Hoosier? Yeah, and that's what's so great because I have friends in Indiana who don't realize when you call someone a Hoosier, that's not a good thing. Well, and I get it too because I did, I did, I didn't go to IU. I went to 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 a university in Indiana, you know, and so I was there for four years. I get it. You're right. No, they 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 wear that badge with pride. God bless them. (laughs) They do with people from like Kentucky, and of course you in Illinois, Missouri. We're like, what? What? That's a guy's a Hoosier. No, exactly. No, it it is. I mean, it, it. You know, it it. It's red redneck and Hoosier could be like you know the the picture <laughs> that uh, the picture of the guy is the same in our dictionary yes. here. So, so yeah. Um, so anyways, I I feel and, and this is a pretty and I love Indiana. Uh, just in case anybody wants a sponsor from the you yes, know, yeah, yes, from, from the do. great state of Indiana, it's yep. one of my favorite places. I love Indianapolis. I go there a lot. Um, so so I'm just we're putting not, a disclaimer not, out there. I'm just yeah. I'm just I'm just using the vernacular or, or with yep. the rest of the country. So yep. yeah. So, and, I, and I'm looking at this, the demographic here. We've got the men. Okay, yeah. Um, definitely in their 30s. Yeah. The girls, um, late 20s to all the way up to my mom, who's, uh, I don't want to tell her. Yeah, right. you know, she looks exactly. like she's. No, no, like she, don't go there. We got Mother's Day coming up here soon. She looks too. like she's 42. There so. you go. Exactly. Um, so it, it, it's, you know, pretty, pretty, not, I don't know, I don't want to say diverse, but it, you know, kind of all over the board. Now, how, how many of them w- would you call closeted fans? Um, I think that um, my friend Michael, who 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 gave me a quick response, he, he went to a race. Mm-hmm. I took I took him to Daytona. Uh, it was actually the last race of Daytona I went to, and, and he became a closet fan. Okay. I, I definitely think he'll follow it when I see him and talk to him. He he may or may not, you know, say something about it. Yeah. Um, I think my sister's probably a, a closet fan just yeah. because, you know, I watch it and my dad watched it. And so she, she'll check it out. Not, not in its entirety, but she'll, she'll, you know, maybe check the highlights out. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't say I haven't, I haven't convinced my mom to become a full fan. So, yeah. yeah. Um, hers was, hers was the good old boys, rednecks, loud noises, fast yeah. cars. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so. So the demographics are kind of like exactly where we're talking about in terms of the professional thing. Um, yeah. And so, and I, so these are people that have a casual interest in it, happen to catch 
the Daytona 500 or a piece of it or, mm-hmm. or read a little bit about it in the paper. And that's about it really is what you're talking for the majority of the people you see. Majority of them. Yeah. There's a few that no, don't, don't know shit from Shinola when it comes to NASCAR. They yeah. just threw out their butt heavy in America. Right. You drop the A off that and just say Merca. Right. Exactly. Exactly. American exceptionalism. So, um, that no, that's that's really interesting, and, and I think very very fitting. I mean, I do think that that's you know where the sport's at um, from from an image. Per, well, has been for some time. I think it's evolved a little bit. I've clearly, as we're talking about evolution, it has evolved because it is more on the consciousness. Because I think if you ask the same questions in nineteen eighty, uh, let's let's go back uh, thirty years so in nineteen eighty five. 86, I guess, is what we do. So if I go back to when I'm in high school and you ask those same questions, um, I think you're going to get a lot of the same answers, but even less intelligent um, in terms of, like, specifics, you know. Um, uh, And certainly the ability to name anything or even understand what it is, you know, um, would would, would, would have been tough back then, you know. Days of Thunder helped move that bar a little bit back in the day. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's true. And I know we were talking about maybe doing a a, a, a show about you know the movies. movies. Yeah, I was going and over that, our notes. That's yeah. one of the things you got to figure. I don't know what year Talladega came out. Talladega Nights came out. Probably like it was in the mid two thousands, I guess. Yeah. But I think that in itself, it was a popular movie. Will Ferrell was you know he's hilarious. The movie that was a complete like. Uh, that's when it peaked. I actually think that's when NASCAR was peaking. And it and it's it it from kinda, a from a value slash you know if if you were put a market cap value on NASCAR at the time, yeah, right around the time of that movie coming out or within the year either side of that movie was when things were probably um, on a popularity basis as yep. high as I can think of for and, NASCAR. And that movie right there is if anyone if if anyone wasn't a nascar fan or isn't a nascar fan and they watched that movie they walked away from that movie thinking that's there's your typical nascar (laughs) you know it's true it did expose it to people in 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 a whole different i mean not different light but i mean it is all based on all of the 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 stereotypes you and i are making fun of wonder bread you know and the shake and bake and the and the and the it was uh, it was a great movie though. Yeah. Kind of well, no, I, and save some of those thoughts because I think there's some interesting. We talking racing movies is it would be good too. So because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's, there's enough out there to make fun of and or you know talk about. So yep. Well, cool. That's I mean really interesting stuff. So 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 I guess we, we'll put a cap on it from this perspective. So where does it go? Like, what does the next decade look like in your mind for NASCAR? I think from from an, uh, from, from from like the perspective of what we're talking about here. I, I think it's. I think we're still. You mean as far as what the fans going to look like? Yeah, exactly. And, and and where it goes. I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna look at your crystal ball and say, okay, you know, um, where is it on the national consciousness, and 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 what does it need to do? Maybe this is a better way to put this question. Looking into a crystal ball, what should it do to maintain its popularity that it has today? Um, and can it? Right. I man, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that we are. It, it, it's still in its. It's. It's evolving because we talked about the younger drivers. I and I'm a fan, and there are still at least a handful of drivers every race, and I'm like, I've never heard of this guy. And, and a lot of these guys are younger, so I feel like they're probably. If I were looking my crystal ball, um, the car setup to make it extremely competitive, mm-hmm. um, extremely um, entertaining for the spectator, more so than 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 anything 
Um, so if they can c- continue to, w- to work on the car setups to where you're not going to have boring races, and then I guess just continue to tap into the younger market, you know, because you don't have that, you don't have any driver that's like the old, the Earnhardt or, you know, anyone with a lot of personality. It's more like, uh, I'm kind of rambling on here, but like you said, if you were to look at the today's drivers, they're from all over the country. So maybe it is, they continue to keep poking and broadening it like uh, West Coast drivers, a West Coast fan base. I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm just... No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And actually, you prompted a couple ideas. No, I agree with you. They need to keep, you know, um, they need to keep the competition good. And, and and I give NASCAR a lot of credit. Better than any other race series, for the most part, they have created evolution of qualifying, improved oh, it. Yeah. They have. Uh, I, I like, uh, even though I, I think it 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 discounts the regular season. But then in most pro sports today, the regular season is just a seeding process anymore, and then it's about the playoffs. And, and so I think NASCAR being um, marketing savvy has created that same sort of thing um, and done a nice job. And, and, and I think it works, you know, and they changed the formats a little bit and so forth and so on. It, it does sort of turn the nose up to, you know, the old school um, system that they used to have and the way a guy yeah. would win. But, but I, th- I think they're good at that. I, I, I would agree that they got to continue to do younger thing. But, but those of us that are older generation, and, and I count myself there, you're not far from it. Um, you, you, need, you, need, you, need, you need you need you need to you need to yeah, but the obesity thing's a problem. You need to work on that, buddy. Because <laughs> um, you got that hairy fat ass thing, you know. Because you're a NASCAR fan. The the um, I, I think you need to grow. You need to grow generationally with the drivers too, because you do want to mm-hmm. look. The bigger incomes are that thirty five to fifty, because that's yeah. where you know, and you want that as your fan at the same time. You want to endear them young and keep mm-hmm. them. And so, you know, you gotta you gotta let Joey Logano and you gotta let these guys, just as Jeff Gordon has, you know, you know, come out. And but I also think they need a personality. I mean, you do need a Keselowski. You need a couple Keselowskis. You need occasionally a Tony Stewart to throw his helmet at a car, not yeah. not, not kill somebody, but you know, do something that that is, um, um, you know, keeps it interesting. You know, it's, it's it, you know, it, well, God love him, and I know that's tonight too. The the Floyd Mayweather fight, in terms of self promotion, that guy's no better than anybody. You know, in the sense of like throwing it out there, you hate him, but you know who he is, and you know oh, what's yeah. going on, love, right? You know, hated but never ignored. That's and the- NASCAR needs that. You know, yeah. you can't go vanilla. Um, if there's anything I've learned from the open wheel. Um, uh, implosion and decline and now plateau and I think on the rise again is that they let too many foreign drivers come in and mm-hmm. it got away from you know a guy showing up being able to throw some wrenches and figure out how to make a car go as fast as it could over over a two and a half mile oval you know and yeah. and all these European drivers came in in the 80s and 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 then and then we started to lose interest. And then they, no, I'll get into that in another podcast. But you know, and, and and I think NASCAR needs to be careful not to become vanilla and unappealing um, to to the general fan base. You know, mm-hmm. um, you need more Danica Patrick's in some ways. You know, and yeah. I know some people be like, yeah, that's you know, you know, rock ass Bob Rock ass would maybe disagree with that <laughs> point. But I got that worked into this podcast as well. So you know, it's it's you know. <laughs> It is what it is. But no, I agree. I mean, you know, it's a challenge. And I think NASCAR thinks about these things and does a really good job. They are by far the best marketing auto racing series, uh, hands down. Yeah, hands down. Hands down. I give them all the credit in the world, you know. What, um, um, oh gosh darn it. Maybe it just left me. I was just, you just said something that made me think of uh, a point, a talking point there. 
I don't remember. I don't remember. I will say this though. I think, and this can be a completely for another podcast. I'm pretty sure Tony Stewart's cursed. He's done. Yeah, I, mean, I think so too. I, I, you know, and you're right. We should, we should leave that, but I agree. It's unfortunate because I, I like Tony a lot and, but I don't know how you get over that, you know, that accident. And, and no. I, I sort of, I, 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 uh, I sort of flippantly said the killing thing that wasn't intentional and certainly, <laughs> certainly no. And I don't think he did it intentionally, but I got to believe, you know, um, psychologically, I thought you just hit him with a little pop shot there. Like, no, 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 no. He, I, the, look, I, I'm all, I'm all in the school that that did not happen intentionally. I think it was an, it was a pure accident. I think he might've tried to, you know, throw some dirt up at the kid and the kid stepped into the thing the wrong way is what I think, you know, yeah. but, but I, I don't know how you, you get around that. I mean, you know, look, anything, and having done it at a very small level, even talking to John, my brother, about it, you know, you got to have an edge and you have to have this belief that you're invincible. I think particularly when you're in auto racing, a downhill skier, oh, a drag hey, racer, yeah. and there comes yeah. a point in life when you get old enough, and we all get there, that you're just not as daring anymore. And there's that day where you're just not, if it doesn't feel right, you're just not going to go 130%. No, no, and nope. and I think he's probably lost that edge. Is I, agree, I agree. You know, I And agree. on the days where he's got the car right or it, it works the way he wants to, he'll be incredibly competitive. Yep. And and when Daisy's not, he's just not going to drive a you know he's not going to drive the sled around the the oval you know is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, do you have right. any do you have any email questions today or this week? No, I didn't actually because I think we disgusted people with the the boxers or briefs kind of thing because you know you went the combo thing and I think that threw everybody for a loop. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and and me volunteering commando just probably doesn't work for people. So <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't do any prep show prep. Uh, shocking. And uh, but I'll have to I'll have to check because I'm sure that we have hundreds actually. Um, sure, yes, yeah. well, listen, and we were like shit. We're an hour in right now. Man. Wait, we're 41 minutes into this thing, so already, <laughs> already, already, the three or four listeners we were talking about have probably already cut off about a half hour yeah, ago. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I got to go bet on the ponies. Let's wrap it up. All right, we're gonna do that. All right. Well, so with that in mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that cue and uh, we'll wrap up this seventh edition of uh, this is Spinal Lap. Uh, Dan, uh, Gannon, thank you so much for 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 jumping in this week. And, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back at it. Uh, I'll certainly have a podcast next week. Um, I probably need to bring my brother back in. Because we've had a, just like we just did with NASCAR. We've had a lot of Formula One uh, go by us here too. So, plus we're coming up to my favorite month. And in fact, anybody that saw on our Twitter feed, uh, I got my notice that my Indianapolis 500 tickets are being mailed to me as we speak. So. Need to do some you tributes. Me, you got me one, right? Uh, well, you, you declined a few years ago. I gave you the opportunity to, to attend the greatest spectacle in racing, and you said you had to rearrange your sock drawer or something. You know, they had something better to do. So um, one of these days you might have the privilege. It, it, the privilege first goes to my daughters who enjoy going, and I well, believe they can take me up. Now, next year I may, I may be able to offer up the tickets because I'll have a graduation to go to um, on the same weekend, so I'll have to take the I pass. May, so. You may see me. I may, I may make it. You should. It's a, it's a wonderful event, just like the just like uh, the Kentucky Derby. I mean, if yep. and you're an auto racing fan, so you're going to enjoy the whole the whole. But there's a whole, you know. Uh, well, and this will be the 98th running, so 99 will be next year. We're going to do 100, which there aren't many races in the world that have happened 100 times. So so we got a historical sort of benchmark in a few years too, which would be yep. kind of neat. You know, looking forward to that. So at any rate, uh, we'll leave it at that. And we'll be back in a few weeks, certainly with Gannon, uh, if not next week. And um, to all everybody listening, thank you so much. Uh, That's it. That's episode number number seven. We're out of here. Thanks, Greg. You bet. This is Spinal Lap with Greg Mefford, only on the Ignotainment Media Network. 
Visit our website at www.spinallap.com. Follow us on Twitter at SpinalLap or on Facebook at This Is Spinal Lap. Only on the Ignotainment Media Network.